Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 186. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bowe coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Hi, welcome back. Well, I guess I'm also welcoming myself back. Uh, It's been a week or so since I have recorded a podcast. I went to Australia and it took me about a week to recover after landing back in Vancouver last Monday. It was a wild ride for a couple of weeks while I was in Australia. A lot of family time, uh, which fills my heart and brings me so much joy, but it's a lot. I have six nieces and nephews, uh, so sometimes it feels like a circus or a zoo. Uh, And then I flew to Melbourne to run my first Confidently Ever After event for Warrior School, and it was epic. It was so fabulous to be in a room with seven women, some, actually all but two of them, I had never met before in person. Never. We have just built a very cool relationship online. But one of my big goals, for those of you who listen to the potty all the time, was to get these women in a room live and to talk about confidence, to train together, to connect, to touch them in real life. I just love it. It's one of my favorite things when you build a relationship with someone online for a long time and then you meet in person and you actually get to touch them like they're real in real life. I remember feeling like that when I met Kitty, Libby, and Leela last November. So I got to touch all of my warriors. <laughs> uh, and we had such a cool day. It was so much fun to lead them through a bunch of content stuff around confidence and their vision and their desires. And then we got into the gym and we trained, and they all PR'd their back squat. It was so cool. There's something really awesome when you're in a room full of 
other people or other women and you're training together, the energy, the support, the connection, it's like a superpower. And so all of these women were such badasses and they PR'd their squat. And then we had lunch together. Uh, I fueled them, refueled them up. And in the afternoon, we did a segment called Acts of Confidence. And I'm not going to give too much away because I've still got two Confidently Ever After events to run this year. The next one is in Nashville on the 12th of August. I'm coming to Nashville. Uh, And then the last one will be here in Vancouver in the middle of August. So if you've been thinking about joining Warrior School, now's the time. I invite you, especially if you live in the States or in Canada, uh, you're going to want to come to Confidently Ever After. Okay. So that was a big thing that's been happening in my world, my trip to Australia Then I've got the trip to Nashville coming up in August and then the event here in the middle of August. Uh, And then I think I'm going back to Australia in November. My business coaches, they normally run their end of year event in November. So for Creator Club and I love to go to them. I love events. I love live events. I just love being in a room full of very cool people. (laughs) So, and also Kitty Blomfield, my dear friend, invited me to her wedding, which is at the end of November. Uh, It's a combined wedding and Craig's 40th, which is her lover. Uh, So I feel like I gotta go. If Kitty Blomfield is throwing a party and a wedding, That is one event that I want to go to. So I think I'll be back down under in November uh, for a few weeks, which is very cool. So a lot of travel uh, this year. What else is going on? Well, I have four new warrior women starting in warrior school, which is very cool and very exciting. So I just wanted to say hi to them. I know they listen to the podcast and have been in my world for quite a while, but Dana, Marta, Amy, and Carrie, welcome to Warrior School. They are going to have their launch call and movement assessment with me over the next couple of weeks, and then they'll be onboarded into Warrior School And then we're going to start their training journey, which is very cool. I'm also uh, in the process of finishing up a pull-up program that I am creating for those women who currently train and have been working on their pull-up for years, but they just still don't have a single pull-up. So I'm going to create a pull-up program for you and it's been super fun to create. I filmed a bunch of the content uh, for the program. It's going to be a full-on course. So we're diving deep into anatomy, biomechanics, uh, 
how to build it, the process, the method, the pathway, uh, and it will come with a program for you to follow. So the program or the course will be out in a couple of weeks and it will be the first of many. I wanted to create uh, shorter courses and programs on specific skills to help women that already train level up or create a stronger squat or get their first pull up or get their first push up. So I'm really excited uh, and I will keep you posted on the podcast and on the gram for the launch or launches of those programs. I've also created a free bodyweight strength program. So this is a 12-week program for beginners. So for women who don't currently have a training practice, maybe they have had time off, whether that's from injury or stress, low energy, you know, they're trying to restore their metabolism, or maybe they've even, um, you know, they've just, they've had a break for a while. So this really cool, simple, but powerful 12-week program is designed to help you start. And for a lot of women, starting is one of the hardest parts. I often get asked, well, how do I start? Where do I start? And I've done a podcast episode on that. Uh, oh, do I remember uh, what episode it is? I think it's episode 166. Where do I start? So how to start training again after having time off. But that's also available. So if you jump on my website or if you jump on the gram, click the link in my bio and you can download that free 12-week bodyweight strength program. And currently, I am doing a really cool little series on how to approach your training. So today, I actually want to talk to you about how to approach your training. Because one of the hardest parts of training is knowing what to do. But what's even harder is knowing how to approach it, when to fit it all in, how to do it in a way that works with your body and life, right? Right? So some of you may not be on the gram or some of you might not be seeing the posts, but I have done a series of posts on the gram around how to approach your training. So I thought it would be really cool to actually do a full podcast episode on it. It's something that I really love talking about. And I believe it's probably going to become a bit of a micro or macro trend soon. I am, I'm predicting it. <laughs> I'm predicting that the focus is going to shift from the what uh, into the how, like how do we approach it? How do we put it all together in a way that um, supports our body, supports our goals and supports our lifestyle? That's like the million dollar question, isn't it? 
A lot of women that I work with are mamas or they have big jobs, big careers, busy lives, families, uh, et cetera. So energy and time are hot commodities. <laughs> and women now know that they need to strength train to support their hormones, their bones, and their metabolic health. And now they're being told that they also need to jump and sprint and do zone two work multiple times a week. But the big question is, is how do we freaking fit it all in? So in today's episode, I want to give you a clear exercise prescription to how how I, how I fit it all in, uh, how I would program it, how I would approach it. And hopefully it will help you fit it all in. And not just in this throw it together kind of way, in an intelligent way that works with your body and your lifestyle. So the inspo for this podcast episode also came from another source. Uh, I was writing some notes uh, for this episode the other day, and then I put out my part three post for how to approach your training. And that was on plyometrics. And I got a really cool message back from a woman called Melissa. And I actually want to share with you what she wrote, because this is really important. And a lot of women struggle with this. So Melissa said, can you point me to more information on the exercise prescription? I have listened to the podcast mentioned and read next level, yet I'm struggling to put it all together. I have been weight training for years and am in a good space to include sit, plyo work, weight training, and low-end training. But how do you fit it all into a week? What does that look like? My brain can't figure this part out. So I replied back to Melissa and I asked her, would it be really helpful if I did a podcast episode on this? And did she have any other questions or anything that she wanted me to talk about? And she replied back saying, yes, that would be amazing. I'm hearing three times a week sit, three times a week strength training, each big compound movement at least twice a week, as well as uh, plyo work and low-end work. And my brain is like, how? <laughs> I would like to assume most of us, us being single working mums anyway, have an hour to dedicate to the gym, doing a sit session plus a lower body strength session, what I did today, left me not warming up properly. Anyway, this is my first week changing up my training and I'm on the struggle bus, LOL. I know I need to incorporate it all. I just turned 45. I'm just not sure how. So Melissa, if you're listening, this baby, this episode is dedicated to you and all the other women out there that are struggling to put it all together. Uh, I know that you're clear now on what you need to do to support your body, your hormones, your health, uh, to build strength, to help you create this strong, capable, resilient body that you love. So now we got to talk about how do we do that or how do we help you do that? And I hope this podcast episode today 
will be helpful. So as I mentioned, I have been doing a little mini series on how to approach your training. And I've also done some other podcast episodes on, I guess we could call it the what. Uh, And today we're going to put it all together. So part one of the series on how to approach your training was on the foundation of training needs. And this talks about building our foundation or building our base, getting clear on where we're at, where our body's at, where our energy's at, where our biofeedback is at, uh, building some resilience, some safety, some capacity in our body to then build on top of that. So we need the base of that pyramid. And this is really important. And I'm going to go through a couple of examples. So the two examples that I go through at the end will be for one woman who doesn't currently have a consistent training practice or is just starting to get back into it and maybe low on energy, maybe dealing with some injuries and some metabolic stuff. And then the second example I'll go through is a woman who currently trains like Melissa, uh, has strength trained for a long time. She's in a good place to do plyo work, some hit work, some aerobic work, but she doesn't know how to put it all together. So we'll go through those two examples. But we all need to look at that part one, that foundation of training needs, especially if we are getting back into our training. We've had time off. Maybe we've had some health issues, some metabolic issues, low on energy, a lot of stress. You need to build some capacity and resilience. So you need to look at things like eating enough food, uh, walking, sleeping, managing your stress. And this is the place where we would look at building your aerobic base, uh, getting the body better at using oxygen. So I'm not going to go too deep into each of the parts that I've gone through through the little series, but we will step through them and then we'll come to step five and look at how do we put it all together. So the first step is looking at your foundation of training needs, looking at are you eating enough? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you walking? Are you managing your stress? So you can listen to episode 166 and that is on where do I start? So how to start training again after having time off. And then episode 163, what the journey to results really looks like. I talk more about this foundation of training needs. Because if you are stressed and you've got poor metabolic health, you're low on energy, uh, you're not sleeping, you're not eating enough, we can't put all of this stuff in. We actually have to get some more energy into you, try and get you uh, to sleep more. We start with walking. We start with looking at what's leaking a lot of energy. We start with trying to plug that. So that's the first step. Uh, Some of you might be at that step. Others may be further along. Once we've got this, you know, this base of our pyramid, this foundation, then we can look at starting a training practice. And for me, the way that I approach this is 
through bodyweight strength training. I believe bodyweight strength training is the foundation in which every other training should be built upon. I believe that we need to learn how to use our own body as a tool. We need to own the movement patterns using our own body before we add external load to that, before we go faster or harder. So my approach and the approach that I use in Warrior School is all of my women start with bodyweight strength training. Even if they've trained before, And there's a couple of different reasons for that. Most women don't know how to train properly. Uh, They don't know how to actually execute the movements properly. And that's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's just that maybe you were never taught how to train properly. Before I met my coach in 2012, I didn't know how to train properly. And I learned that the reason why so many women aren't strong, can't progress their training, or can't actually ever create the body that they love is because they don't know how to train, how to approach it, the process, the method. And then they're not confident around how to modify and progress their training based on what their body's telling them, their biofeedback and what's happening in their life. So that's when I started to put together the structure that I use in warrior school. And so when it comes to starting a training practice, I believe we start with strength, with body weight strength training. We start with our own body. We slow down. We come into the body. Body weight strength training creates more awareness. We have to listen more, pay attention more. It's way harder to do a wall split squat. Uh, For those of you who work with me, you know what I'm talking about. For those that don't, uh, it's this very hard um, lunge up against a wall, which is a very basic movement, but a lot of women can't do it because they weren't taught how to train in that way to build proper movement patterns from the ground up. So it's much easier just to sit on a leg extension machine than it is to do a wall split squat uh, because it requires less attention, less listening, less effort, especially from the mind. So part two is about strength training and listen to episode 172. I dive into strength training 101 and I talk about, uh, you know, how we progress strength training. So Warrior School uses a dynamic training model where we start with bodyweight strength training, then we progress to lifting weights. So all of the warriors that have been with me now for, you know, a year, 18 months, two years, they are in this place with their practice where they're strength training, you know, three, four times a week and they're lifting heavy weights. But if we're looking at, you know, how do we start Uh, I would highly recommend that you download that free bodyweight strength program. So then part three, so once we have, you know, a consistent strength training practice, uh, the way that I described it to Melissa on um, some voice messages the other day was, you know, we've got this foundation of training needs. So eating enough, sleeping, stability of the nervous system, 
you know, metabolically strong or stronger, that's kind of like the bowl. And then the ice cream is strength training. So the strength training is going to take up most of the space in the bowl. And then the plyometric work and the sit work or the hit work is like the sprinkles on top. It's like the topping that we put on top of the ice cream. So the bulk of your work as a woman, especially in her 40s, 50s and beyond, and look, really, if I'm being honest, even in her 20s and 30s, you know, women need to start strength training properly in a way that works with their body in their 20s uh, to prepare well for the transition in our 40s and 50s. So it's really for all women, but particularly for women in our 40s and 50s, when we start to have those changing ratios of hormones uh, and we're going through this perimenopause and menopause transition, we can think about it as we've got the bowl, which is the foundation, the stability, and then we've got the ice cream, which is the strength training. Then we've got the sprinkles or the toppings on top. And what we can even chuck in there is, you know, things like doing, I was on a call with a warrior who, um, no, with a woman who's going to come into warrior school and she currently does F45. And she's like, are you going to make me give up F45? Because it's like, she works for herself. She works from home and she loves going there for community. And I said, no, you know, she's pretty metabolically strong. She's got a good foundation. I said, if you get that connection and that community from that, go for it. Let's put it in your training strategy. And then also I had um, some feedback from a podcast episode I did. I think it was my one on training in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, where I said that we need to train low and train high and stay out of the middle. Uh, A woman said that she was really disappointed in hearing that because she actually likes to go running once a week with a group of women. And that's moderate intensity. They're not pushing too hard. And I wrote back to her and said, you know what? Like if we've got a good foundation, if we're metabolically strong, if we've got a good strength training practice, we've got good biofeedback, there ain't no reason why you can't chuck in a run once a week. It's just that the problem is, is that it's the running four, five, six times a week at moderate intensity. The problem is training hit or which is not true hit, uh, which I spoke about in my last podcast episode, or F45, you know, four, five, six times a week, that's a lot of time in that moderate space. And we don't want a lot of time. The bulk of our work needs to be out of that moderate. But it doesn't mean that we can't dip our toes in it. Sometimes it's really fun to go and do a class with our friends or to go for a run with our girlfriends or a run group. And so I just, you know, I I really think that that or those things can be the sprinkles as well. It's okay to sprinkle a little bit of moderate work on there. Um, you know, playing pickleball, which is a, a we're going to try it. Carson and I haven't tried it yet, but um, in summer here in the north, we get like eight extra hours of daylight <laughs> in the summer, which is, doesn't that blow your mind? We were on a walk uh, the other evening and uh, it was it's like light out here until 10 p.m. Uh, in Vancouver. Actually, in the whole northern 
hemisphere in summer. And we were thinking about it and we're like, we get eight hours of extra daylight in the summer that blew our damn minds. So we want to try and do lots of things outside, uh, track sessions, and we want to try playing pickleball. Uh, But (laughs) my point being is that it's okay to go and do those fun social things. They are sprinkles though. We really want to spend, as I said, yeah, our time and energy are hot commodities. We only have so much time and so much energy. So really what we want to be doing is we got to focus it on feeding ourselves, uh, nourishing ourselves, prep, like prepping our food, eating. We got to focus on sleeping enough uh, hours in the day. Um, and then the next thing, we've got to focus on our strength training. And we've got to really build a good level of baseline strength. Then we can add our sprinkles. So part three and part four of that how to approach your training series were on plyometrics. And actually, uh, part four, the hit sit work hasn't reached the gram yet, but I have done a podcast episode on it. So listen to episode 184, The Power of Plyometrics for Body Composition and Metabolic Health, uh, if you haven't, and then listen to episode 185, HIT for Fat Loss and Metabolic Health. Okay, so I haven't spoken about aerobic-based training or zone two a lot, and it's not really my jam. I know obviously a bit about it, but you know, if you really want to nerd out on it or connect in more with that, I would highly recommend Libby Westcomb. She's very into um, uh, aerobic work, um, zone two work, HRV work. And I actually will try and get her on the podcast and we'll do a podcast episode on that. Also, Peter Atia, who is a doctor, He does a lot of work in longevity and he talks a lot about uh, aerobic capacity and zone two work. I will do a podcast episode on it, uh, but it's just not in how to approach your training. Um, For me, I use walking a lot, which yes, is mostly zone one, depending on, you know, I can move into zone two for my walking a lot because it's really hilly here in Vancouver or you know, sometimes I'll do some walking, you know, on the treadmill, on an incline, if it's winter and it's freezing or it's snowing. Uh, so you can get into zone two through walking, but a lot of the time you do need to be on a bike or on a treadmill on an incline or some piece of equipment where you can actually control um, and be able to objectively measure uh, the the zone two. So I will do a podcast episode on it, but that's really A part of part one, you know, building our aerobic base um, is really important for our health. Uh, So just start with walking (laughs) Uh, and then we can talk about that later. So part five, which is what I want to talk about today, is how do we put it all together? (laughs) How do we bring the bowl, the ice cream and the sprinkles and the toppings all together? And what does that look like? Let's talk about it. So we know what we need to do. Let's look at how to approach it. 
how to fit it all in, in a way that works with your body and your lifestyle. So the first thing I think that I want to talk about is that there are many nuances with strength training, plyometric training, hit training, with all types of training. And I remember my coach saying to me, this was years ago, one day during our sessions, we were working through, you know, I think it was like this tuck L-sit hold. So it's on the floor, you have your hands beside you, you're in a tucked position and then you push up off the floor. Uh, it's it's a very hard um, straight arm strength, body weight movement. And we were working on that together. And I remember him saying to me, you know, what I love about this is that someone can see this and maybe they could do it, but they don't understand all the subtle cues to get the most out of the exercise because they are just watching someone do it instead of being taught properly or being taught by someone that understands the nuances, the subtle cues, because that person has practiced it and experienced it. So therefore can teach it properly. And I just, I loved that. And he taught me so many things, um, but that lesson has stayed with me for a really long time. What I love about training is that you can see something and potentially you could do it or replicate it. But if you haven't been taught properly by someone who has the experience, the time, the reps, the years of knowledge you won't get the nuances of it. You won't get the subtle cues that make all the difference. And this is gold. This is how we get really strong. This is how we get better at plyos or sprints or a skill is that we've got to be taught by someone that knows the subtle cues that has experienced it, that, you know, I was on a call with a warrior yesterday and we were workshopping her sumo deadlift. You know, she's been trying to do it for a couple of weeks and like she just couldn't quite get it. So on the call, basically what, what you have to do as a coach is you have to go through this library. It's kind of like a filing system. Imagine with like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of files in your brain and those are cues. <laughs> Those are like all the nuances or the subtle cues that you've learned because you've been sumo, like sumoing for 14 years. And you've also taught the sumo to hundreds of women before. And so you've got to go through your filing system and like try and find the right cue for that particular woman. So it like lands with her and helps her get the most out of the exercise. You can't just watch someone do something on Instagram and copy it because you're missing out on the subtle yet important cues. And that's why I believe you've got to find someone to teach you all the nuances uh, that make the difference. And, you know, I'm a big fan of coaching. Uh, and I just wanted to add that in because I think it's really important because a lot, you know, there's the consumption of training information and exercises is just unreal. It blows my mind. You know, there's so much information out there. And a lot of women I know 
just pull something off Instagram and even they'll buy programs or they'll be on apps. And there's a lot of shit trainers out there um, that haven't put the time in, uh, the effort, uh, haven't done the reps. You know, my business coach will often talk about you've got to do the reps. And what that really means is to get good at something, in training. So to get good at a squat, you've got to do the reps. And that just takes time and practice. And that's the same for business and the podcast. You know, I'm 186 episodes in, I've had to do the reps to get good at it. Uh, And that's with everything in our life, we've got to do the reps. Now, what makes it easier, what makes this part, you know, this how to approach it all or this strength training part uh, easier is if you have someone to support you, if you have someone to help you create the strategy, someone who has done it for a decade or more, someone who has put in the reps themselves or with hundreds or thousands of other people. Okay, let's look at how I structure it into my training. Or we're also going to look at uh, two other examples. So for someone who already trains and has a solid strength training practice, and then we'll look at how I structure it into, uh, say, a warrior or a woman who doesn't have a consistent training practice and maybe has had time off or is coming back from, you know, an injury or poor metabolic health. So we'll work through some case studies and we'll look at how all of this stuff fits into an hour, three or four times a week. (laughs) That's our end goal, okay? So when we're talking about it, our end goal is to fit it all in for a woman like Melissa. So remember, this episode is dedicated to Melissa and all of those women out there uh, that want to train, they love training, they have busy lives and so for them, They only have an hour, you know, maybe three, four, five times a week. So that's our end goal. Are you game? Are you ready? (laughs) So the first uh, case study or example that we'll look at is for a woman who already strength trains. So like Melissa, she trains like three or four days a week, uh, has a strong strength training practice, feels like she's ready for plyometric and hip work. She lifts pretty heavy weights, you know, she's got good daily steps, maybe no injuries, uh, and she really wants to get stronger and she's in her 40s. So she wants to protect her muscles, her bones, uh, and she wants the metabolic benefits uh, and body composition benefits from plyometric and sit training. So the strength training is your ice cream, remember, and it is the core piece of your training. So we want to make sure that we are continually strength training at least three or four times a week. Now, if you're training three, I recommend three full body sessions, including your prep, your strength, and your accessory work or your core work. If you're training four, I actually recommend two lower and one upper. Same uh, structure, prep, strength pieces and accessory pieces. 
And we want to hit all of those compound movements at least twice a week. So we want to hit a squat pattern at least twice a week, a hinge pattern, a push, pull, and our core work should be done pretty much every session. So that's the, the I guess, the baseline structure or the bare bones or the skeleton of the strength training for three days. Now, how would we actually put in the plyometric work and the hit work into that? So if we're training three days, what I actually really like to do uh, is include the plyometric work in the strength training session. We call it contrast method. And so what that means is that we're doing the strength movement. We contrast it with a plyometric movement. Uh, And it actually can work quite well, especially for beginners who are beginning to explore plyometrics and aren't doing very complex, intense plyometric work. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that anyway until you have a very, very solid strength training practice and or if you've actually gone through basic plyometric work. So a lot of women, most of you listening will probably need to start with basic plyometric work. And I talk a lot about that in the plyo episode, so 183, where we start as in um, both legs uh, before single leg, you know, in the vertical before horizontal. Uh, So we'll include some examples here when we talk about the structure. So for you or Melissa or a woman that can only strength train or train three days a week and you have an hour, here's what I would do. So I would do day one, we do some type of prep work. So depending on who I'm working with and what's going on in her body, uh, that will depict or dictate what I do to prepare for the session. You know, the bulk of my work um, and where I start with a lot of women when they come into warrior school is that if they're in pain, I want to move them into a place of being in less pain or pain-free. I also want to work on any weaknesses um, that they have in their body. So I come at it from a very like rehabby, prehabby, let's fix the pain, weakness, injury uh, place. Uh, And then we move into this space of, you know, body weight strength training and um, lifting weights and compound movements and push pull. Uh, So we would do some type of prep work, activation work, and then we would pick a squat movement pattern. So it could be a back squat, a goblet squat, a front squat. You know, there's so many squat patterns. Then we're going to pair a plyometric exercise with that. So it could be double leg bouncing um, on the spot, or it could be double leg bouncing, you know, 10 meters and then coming back. But basically we're going to pair them together. So we'll do our two to four sets of back squats and our hopping Then we'll do our next strength movement. So it could be a hinge pattern. So we might be doing a deadlift or an RDL or a single leg RDL. And we can also pair a plyometric movement in between that strength movement. 
And so we would pick the plyometric movement, we would do the hinge, then the plyo movement, and we would work through that for two to four sets. Then we can move into our upper body stuff. So what we could do on that day one is do upper body push-pull in a horizontal plane, which means things like a chest press or a floor press or a push-up. Or uh, then the pull version would be a... Uh, a ring row or a bar row or a bent over row or a single arm row. Uh, That is push-pull in a horizontal plane. So that could be day one. And we could also put, we could put upper body plyometric work in between the upper body strength exercises, or we could include lower body plyometric work in between the upper body strength. Basically, when we finish the session, we want about 80 to 100 contacts with the ground if we're a beginner for plyometrics. Contacts means like if I bounce and hit the ground and say in between my back squats, I do, you know, 20 single leg bounces. So that's 20 contacts. And then say between my hinge, I do another, you know, 20 uh contacts between my hinge. If I'm doing that for two to four sets, you can see that already just by doing it in between our lower body strength movements, we've reached our contacts. And so we could just finish off our session with upper body push pull back to back as a superset and then do a bit of core. And then we finish that session. We should round that session tied in a nice bow within an hour. The second day, If we're resting a day in between, we could do plyometrics on all days, or we could, the second day, we could actually do a little bit of HIIT work uh, after the session. Uh, Now, I don't love to do this. I actually love to do HIIT work on a separate day, but if we could not get to a gym and we couldn't train on a fourth day, we could put it. Uh, at the end of the session. And we could do a bit more of an upper body bias. uh, And so we're not really exhausting the legs before we get to that hit session. So if you have a rest day in between day one and day two, you can add some plyometrics into that day two or some hit work. If you don't have a rest day between day one and day two, I just recommend doing a full body strength session. So a squat pattern, a hinge pattern, and you could do a vertical push-pull and then finish with some core. Then you either have a rest for one to two days, and then that third session can be similar to day one where you're including that contrast method of putting in plyometrics between your strength sets or between your strength movements. So it's like a superset. Then you could finish uh, that day again with some upper body strength work and some core work. Uh, Or if you didn't do your HIIT work on that second day, you could round out that third day, especially if you've had a rest for a couple of days, Uh, with a HIIT session, but I wouldn't do plyometrics in the same session if you're going to do a HIIT session at the end of that uh, strength session. So separate days for plyometrics and HIIT. What we could also do is we could actually use the plyometrics as a warm-up, as prep, before we enter that strength session, before we train. 
So I also like to do that. So to spend 10 minutes, 12 minutes um, doing basic plyometric work alongside some prep work, so some hamstring activation work. And then you can move straight into your strength session where you would work your squat and then superset that with an upper body movement, then do your hinge and then superset that with an upper body movement and then finish with some core. Doing supersets will shorten the session time uh, and increase the intensity, but it won't take as long. It's a really nice way to work, especially when you're beginning. As you get deeper into your practice, a longer training age, more complex skills, heavier load, we actually need to actually rest a lot in between heavy back squats or heavy deadlifts. And so then the session structure Uh, would be a little bit different. So say you're a woman who actually lifts decent weight, you know, heavy weight, you know, she back, you back squat a lot, you deadlift a lot, you know, you can move a lot of weight with your upper body. Uh, Doing plyometrics in between might actually be too much on the nervous system, especially if you're lifting a lot of load. So what you could do is do them as prep activation work at the start, Uh, especially if you've got good training experience, you've got, you know, strong tendons and ligaments and joints and you don't have injuries, I highly recommend putting them at the start um, to prepare for your strength training work. And then you can hit your key compound movements uh, and rest in between, you know, rest that good 92 minutes, sometimes even three minutes if you're going for really heavy squats. Uh, and then potentially on one of those days, you could fit that hit session in at the end of the session. If it was a little bit more of an up, upper body bias um, and you didn't do like max out or really, really heavy lifting in that session, it's a bit too much on the body if it's if you're lifting a lot of heavy load um, to do a hit session. So if you do have time to do a short hit session on a fourth day, I would recommend that. Uh, And it could just be, you know, six to eight sets of 20 second sprints, 40 seconds rest um, on a on a fourth day uh, to help with your recovery and also help you, um, you know, get the most out of your strength training and not fry the nervous system. So that would be an example for um, or a few examples of the way that I would structure it if you could only train three days a week. Um, And again, how I would actually program it would depend on where you're at with your training. If you are lifting really, really heavy loads, pop your plyometrics at the start, just 10 to 12 minutes of plyometric work, then go into your strength training work uh, and then finish off with your core work. Try to put that hit session on a fourth day. If you can't, do it at the end of a session uh, that maybe biases upper body work a little bit more than uh, a lower body session. Okay, if you can train four days a week, I actually like to split it up. Uh, And so I like to split it up into lower body and upper body or do three strength sessions. And that fourth session can be a plyo session or a hit session. So let's talk about how I would um, structure it if it was four days a week, if you trained four days. So say, for example, day one could be lower body. So we would do some 
And this is still for a woman who has a consistent strength training practice, who's ready to add in plyo and hit work, okay? So I would do pre-plyo prep work. So a little bit of like calf raise work, hamstring activation work for a few minutes. Then I would do plyo work. So lower body um, preparation work could be 10 minutes, three to six exercises, two sets. um, And you can find some of those basic plyometric movements on my Instagram. I did a reel a couple of days ago. Then we would do our strengths. Uh, piece, which could be a squat movement. So um, a back squat, front squat, it could be a single leg movement, a lunge, a reverse lunge, a split squat, a Bulgarian, whatever you're working on. Uh, And you might just do that as one like segment, as one piece, especially if you are lifting heavy, you're going to want to rest. Then we could do strength piece two, which will be some type of hinge movement. So RDL, deadlift, single leg hinge work, resting in between. Then we'll finish with accessory work. So some core work and some hamstring activation work or hamstring strength work. So then you want to repeat something similar for lower body too. And you know, that could be two days later or three days later, but essentially you'll do lower body day, then you'll do an upper body day. And so the same thing for upper body, we'll do some type of prep activation work, then we'll do our strength pieces. So for example, a lot of my women work on their pull-up. So, you know, might do some hanging work, some wrist work to start off with, then we'll do, you know, uh, pull-up work and we'll pair that with Um, some type of pressing work, and then we'll finish off that session with core and um, upper body accessory work. And then we'd move into lower body session two, and then the fourth session would be upper body session two. So what that could look like is day one, we do that lower body uh, strength session with plyometric work. Day two, we do an upper body strength session Day three, rest. Day four, lower body strength session with some plyometrics. Day five, upper body strength session. Potentially, we could do some sit and hit work on that fourth day. If we can only train four days, we're going to have to pop it in uh, on that fourth strength day. Or what we could do is do two lower body sessions, one upper body, and that fourth day becomes our hit session or our sit session. Uh, And then we can rest for the remainder of the days. So for the three days, or maybe we rest for, you know, two days and then we start our cycle again. So essentially, if we follow that structure, either training the three days or the four days, we should be able to include the plyometric work into our training twice a week, either before our lower body strength sessions or in between our strength movements. Then we can add in that HIT session either at the end of one of our sessions where we have biased the upper body a little bit more so our legs aren't fried or We make that a fourth shorter small session uh, if we can. If we're going to train four days, we can split it. And so we have more time to work on the movements. Uh, So we can do a lower body day 
an upper body day and then a lower body day. And then potentially that fourth day could be another upper body day or it could be your hit session and potentially a little bit of plyo work, um, depending on where you're at with the plyometrics, the complexity of them. If you're just beginning, uh, there could be a nice way to warm up the legs a little bit before you hop on the bike for your hit session. And then that will get all of that in in four days. Now, if you're someone who doesn't have a strength training practice, if you're low on energy, if you have injuries, or if you're getting back into it, we start with strength training three times a week. So we actually, I actually start looking at the weaknesses, looking at the injuries, getting more energy into you. Then we start with bodyweight strength training and we build a consistent strength training practice, training three times a week. Uh, we look at daily walking, uh, so getting your steps in. And we do this for a good like six to nine months, maybe longer, maybe a little bit shorter, depending on how long it's been since you've trained, depending on the injury, depending on your metabolic health. Uh, there are a lot of variables here. So every woman's different, but it generally takes a good you know, five, six months to build that consistent strength training practice, uh, to build the walking practice, to get the energy in. Then you know, our, once we have that consistent strength training practice, we're progressing, we're moving from, you know, body weight into lifting weights. We can then start to introduce some basic plyometric work uh, and potentially some basic hit work. Although I would start with plyometric work before I did any type of hit or sit work. Um, I do believe that we need a really good solid strength training practice and baseline for probably about a good 12 months um, before we started to include uh, a lot of hit or sit work. Not saying that we couldn't do it, but in my experience, it takes a, about a year to build that strength training practice, to build some more muscle, to build stronger tendons and ligaments, to learn about tension force creation because the biggest problem with the hit stuff or the sit stuff is that we have more slow twitch uh, muscle fibers so we're not as great at producing force and power uh, as males um, but if we don't have a lot of muscle on us and we haven't lifted a lot of weights we actually don't know how to generate the force um, on the bike or the rower to get uh, that max heart rate or to be working over that 80, 85% um, uh, uh, range uh, to that is true hit training. So I've just found that a lot of us can struggle to get that power in the force. So strength training for 12 months definitely builds the muscle, can help build our understanding of force and power. And so we can get the most out of the hit work. So for someone just starting out um, or coming back to training, focus on strength training three days a week. Uh, focus on your daily walking. And then you can, you can totally play around with some basic plyometric training. And I would introduce it the same way as I would for a woman who has a consistent strength training practice but hasn't done a lot of plyos before. So basic plyo work. Um, bouncing, you know, up and down, forward and back, side to side, 
bouncing down the room in multiple directions, uh, doing some more plyometric work, uh, and uh, you could include that as some warm-up work or in between your strength training sessions uh, as you start to build your training practice. <laughs> that was a lot. Uh, okay, so let's just do a little bit of a recap uh, for Melissa and all the women out there who are listening that feel the same as Melissa. And that is if you already train and you already strength train and you want to add the plyo and the hit work, uh, and we haven't spoken about the aerobic work yet, but I'll do another podcast episode on that uh, and what that could look like. But for now, we're focusing on hopefully you're all getting your walking in. Daily walking, get your steps in. And then you've got your strength training. You're strength training three to four times a week. And hopefully you are working with someone or you have worked with someone that has taught you how to train properly, you know, how to execute the movements properly, how to progress confidently, how to modify the training. So you're, you're strength training three to four times a week. Now you want to add plyos in. So if you already have a strength training practice, you're in a good place, you can add your plyos in. We've got a couple of options. So you can add them in between your strength movements. So in between your squat, in between your hinge, in between your upper body work. So they are supersetted in your training session. That works really well for someone who can only train three days a week and someone who's just beginning their plyometric journey and also isn't maxing out and lifting loads and loads of weight. So they're not stressing their nervous system um, a ton. If you can strength train four times a week, we can split it. So we can actually do a lower body session focus and an upper body session focus. And you can do, you know, two lower bodies and an upper body or two lower bodies and two upper bodies, which would be my preference. But if you want to get plyo work in or you want to get hit work in, what we could do is we could pop the plyo work into the lower body days as preparation for your lower body strength work. Then we could pop the hit on that fourth day, which could be the upper body session day, or we could remove the upper body session and pop in the hit on that fourth day. Uh, then if you are getting back into it and you don't have a solid strength training practice, that's your priority. You've been working on your bowl. Now you've got to fill it with your ice cream. So fill it with your strength training practice. Give yourself a good six to 12 months to learn how to strength train properly, how to lift properly, to start lifting heavier weights, to progress, you know, with your load, adding weights, learning about tension, um, creating stronger, you know, more muscles, stronger joints, ligaments, and tendons. And then you can include basic plyometric work. There's no reason if you don't have any injuries and your energy is pretty good, you can include basic jumping, bouncing. Um, even basic bounding. Uh, and you can do that the same as a woman who has her consistent solid strength practice. So you can either pop it in between your strength sets or as preparation work at the start uh, of your training session. 
Remember a beginner, we want about 80 to 100 contacts with the grounds. It doesn't have to be fancy. It can just start off with simple bouncing movements, which I demonstrate in uh, a reel on my Instagram. Uh, and then we would progress the complexity of the plyometrics uh, from there. And the hits, start with just once a week. Once a week on top of your strength training and adding in plyometrics, remember we want to layer it in and we always want to be watching how is our body responding? Are we recovering well? Are we eating enough? You know, how does my body feel? And that's how we would progress the sprinkles or the toppings, especially with the plyometrics. You know, how is my body responding to this load? Um, on top of the strength training and then adding that hit in. Okay, how is my body responding to that? Does it actually sit well if I try and put it at the end of a session or do I feel better if I put it as a separate day? Um, is my recovery better? And we really want to be resting. You know, if we're doing a hard lower body strength session with plyometrics, we really want to be resting probably a good 48 hours. Um, if we're doing a really hard fit or hit session, we probably want a really good 24, 48 hours of rest. Um, and so we have to factor that in of how does that then change my weekly training schedule? How do I fit that in? So my recommendation would be to start with one, choose one. So layer, start to layer in plyometrics to your training. How is that working? Uh, How's the body responding? How's the strength stuff feeling? And then once you've layered that in and that feels good, then you could play around with the hit work. Okay, so let's play around with where it is in my week. You know, do I do better at the start of the week because I'm not as tired or is it okay at the end of a session uh, or do I need it to be on a separate day, which is what I recommend it being on a separate day if you can wing it try and wing the hit or the sit on a separate day. Uh, and then how many days do I need to recover from that? You know, it's, we've got to just allow ourselves a dynamic approach for this stuff. You know, there's no one set prescription for every woman out there. You know, all of my women, their prescription changes depending on what's going on in their body, what's coming up you know, what's going on in their life. Um, and that's the approach that I take. It's quite dynamic. It's quite fluid. And so I recommend that you take that approach, you know, with this stuff. So you have some set structure, some set prescription. You know, you, you know that we need to train at least three to four days a week of strength training. Uh, we know that we want to try and get at least two plyometric sessions in and the plyos can be within the session and then we can layer in that sit or that hit session. And I recommend just starting with one, try to do it on a non-training day. If you need to, you can play with it, putting it at the end. Then on, you know, then we have our walking and then we have our aerobic work. Um, and we can talk about that in another podcast episode, because I think that that is a lot of information for one episode. So I know there's a lot there. Uh, and when Melissa asked about, you know, referencing an exercise prescription, 
or, you know, when I'm talking about all of this stuff, I'm talking about it from a place of 14 years experience. And one thing I will say is that there is no one exercise prescription. Uh, You know, I can't give you a templated uh, program or templated thing and say, here, do this. This is going to be it. It's going to work. I just don't believe it works like that. And this is why I believe every woman needs to work with a coach, a coach that has the experience, has done the reps, has put in the time, a coach that can help you program it and learn how to approach it. Now, I don't mean you have to work with that coach forever, but learning how to approach your training is one of the coolest, most radical things that you can do as a woman. And you're not expected to know all of this stuff, um, how to prescribe your training program, how to fit the plyo in, how to fit the hit sessions in. It's okay that you don't know that. And I just can't provide you a one-way exercise prescription. I can't give you all the information in a podcast episode or, you know, in a post. Learning how to do this stuff confidently uh, takes time. It takes time to learn this, to layer it in. Uh, It takes time for someone to teach you how to start to do plyometric work, how to progress that, uh, you know, the same with the hit stuff and the strength stuff. So I guess what I will invite you to think about is, you know, I'm all for you taking action and implementing it, trying to implement it into your life. Uh, and I hope this is helpful, but I truly invite you to think about working with someone, someone who does this, who can lead you in it, who can teach you how to do it. Uh, It will save a lot of brain space, a lot of mental load, a lot of time, a lot of energy, and they'll help you do it in a way that works with you and your body and your life. That's my hot little invitation uh, for you. If you feel like Melissa uh, and you feel like you're like treading water and drowning and it's hurting your brain, you know, first I want you to know that it, that's totally normal. That's okay. Like you're not meant to know this stuff. We weren't taught this stuff in school. You know, I've been doing it for 14 years. Dr. Stacey Sims has been studying it for about the same time, you know, some of the people that you are following or you look to, they've been doing it for a really long time and that's their job. That's our job is to know how to approach all of this stuff. So it's okay that you don't know, but if you do need support with it, and I highly recommend that you get support with it, you've got to come and check out Warrior School. Warrior School is my individualized and group coaching program for women. And we use a dynamic training model. And it is a strength training program designed to connect you to your body. And so training three to four days a week, you start with bodyweight strength training, and then you transition into weightlifting. 
then we start to incorporate plyometric work and hit or sit work. We transition into this performance piece. So this ensures that you get as strong and as athletic as necessary to feel powerful and confident to get more energy to create the body that you love. So if you need help, come and check out Warrior School. Uh, Also go and check out those other podcast episodes. I really hope that this helped you uh, understand a little bit more around how we would structure it into our training. Okay, Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening. For those who are new here to this world, to this podcast, hi, and I appreciate you being here. Thank you for whacking me in your ears for spending this time together. If you have more questions on this that I didn't answer, uh, because sometimes I miss it, yeah? I've been doing this for a really long time, (laughs) and uh Sometimes I'm not very good at recognizing the simple, obvious things. I remember when we did Warrior Queen Challenge and um, I wrote their prescription, so their training programs. We were focusing on the squat, the deadlift, and the pull-up. And their first week was, you know, work to an eight rep max over a certain number of sets. Anyway, I wasn't very clear in the instructions. Uh, So I had to do a whole video explaining what I meant by uh, a particular prescription or exercise or instruction. Because for me, I've been doing it for so long. So I I miss those little things. Um, So if I have missed something, in this episode that you're you're kind of sitting here and you've listened to it and you're like, oh, but she like didn't answer this or I have this question. Just let me know. DM me, email me. Like I want to know, um, you know, if I can be clearer, if I can answer that question for you, uh, I totally will. So let me know. Okay. It was so nice to spend this time with you. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.